0: صلى الله عليك يا رسول الله صلى الله وسلم عليك يا سيدي ويا مولاي وابن مولاي يا ابا عبد الله يا رحمة الله الواسعة ويا باب نجاة الأمة ويا عبرة كل مؤمن ما خاب والله من تمسك بكم وأمنا من لجأ والتجأ إليكم يا ليتنا كنا معكم Place your hands on your chest and send your salutations all the way from Houston to Karbala. All of us together. As-salamu ala al-husayn وعلى علي بن الحسين وعلى أولاد الحسين وعلى جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته قال الله تعالى في محكم كتابه الكريم وقوله الحق وهو أصدق الصادقين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ونريد أن نمنا على الذين استضعفوا في الأرض ونجعلهم أئمة ونجعلهم الوارثين this in your gathering with the remembrance of Muhammad and Ali Muhammad. As a gift to the soul of Sayyidina wa Mawlana wa Azimina, Al-Imam al Hussein, his honorable family, his companions recite the second salawat. So. For Allah to shower onto this gathering, with his infinite mercy and compassion, to hasten the reappearance of Sayyidina wa Mawlana, al Asri wa Zaman, recite the third salawat with the loudest of your voices. 1,300, and eighty-four years ago on the eve of Ashura, the ninth of Muharram al-Haram, fifty years after the demise of Rasulullah, the seal of the messengers, the final Prophet of God, his grandson al imam al Hussein was surrounded by twenty five thousand men cornered in a desert, and in his camp, on a night like this, they were there were 1,200 men. 1,200 soldiers. And on the opposite side, 25,000. And Imam al Hussein stood in their midst and he gave a prolonged sermon. Traditions say that he in his, stated, in his statement سد خط الموت على على ابن آدم مخط القلادة على جيد الفتاه وما أشوقني إلى أسلافي اشتياق يوسف إلى يعقوب وخير لمصرع أنا لاقيه Death is fast approaching us all. We shall all face death. Every human being will die. And then Imam al-Hussein beautifully states, he says, and death sits upon your fate like a necklace sits on the neck of a woman. And I am eager to meet my ancestors, Abraham and Ismail, Muhammad. Just like the eagerness of Ya'qub, of Yusuf to his father Ya'qub. And I have now a decision that I have made to face my destiny, to die with honor. And he then told them that no one will be spared. That tomorrow was going to be a deadly battle. Then Imam al Hussein said to his companions, his family, to turn off all the candles. It was pitch black. A night like this, Imam Al-Hussein turned off all the candles in his camp. You may ask why. He said, whoever wants to leave my camp, you may leave. Take the night as a shield. Nobody will realize that you are leaving. Pick up your things and go. An hour or two later... Imam al hussein ordered for the candles to be lit again. And when he once more counted his companions, the number had dropped to 72. But he did not give up. He did not run away. He was not afraid. He was not scared. He was resilient. He stood in their midst, 72 men, and he gave another sermon, and he said to them that history has not witnessed companions like my companions, more resilient, more trustworthy, more dedicated, more honest than my ashab. And on a night like this, we who attribute ourselves to Imam al Hussein, we gather so that we tell him, Ya Aba Abdullah, Ya Ibn Rasulullah, we wish we were amongst those individuals in your camp on the eve of the 10th of Muharram. And when we gather every night we say, Ya Laytani Kuntu Maakum. I wish that I was with you, amongst you, so that I can tell you ya Hussein, so that I can offer my life to you in sacrifice to stand in your defence. And we are also here to say that our allegiance. As for your son, our allegiance is for the ninth from the progeny of Hussein, a man who will rise alongside Jesus, the Son of Mary, to fill this earth with justice after it's been filled with injustice to fill this earth with peace, with love, tranquility, after it's been filled with tyranny. And we are here to say, never again. Never again. Will Zaynab be taken as a captive? Never again the call of Allah Halmin Nasrin Yansuruna," "Allah Halmin Mu'een will fall on deaf ears. Never again will the Imam of Ahl al Bayt be left alone. This is why we are here to repay our allegiance to Imam al Hussain, to his son al Imam al Mahdi al Allah ta'ala Farajah. And if you truly believe in the Imam of your time. If you truly believe that He is the promised one, if you truly believe that you have taken an oath of allegiance to Him as it is stated by Bukhari in his Sahih, كيف بكم إِذَا خَرَجَ ابن مَرْيَمْ وَإِمَامُكُمْ مِنْكُمْ Rasulullah tells his companions that when Jesus the Messiah reappears then the Imam will be amongst you from you. Who is this Imam? Ibn Majah. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Sunan Abi Dawood. الترمذي Nisa'i. All those references of hadith, they say that the Mahdi is from the Ahlul Bayt. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wa sallam states, Al-Mahdi minna al Bayt. According to Imam al-Bukhari in his al Kabir, I am giving you the most authentic, most reliable of references. He says, Al-Mahdi min wuldi Fatima. Mahdi is from the descendants and the children of Fatima. If you believe in him and you live in agony because he is not in your midst. Because you are separated from him. And you want to prepare this world for his reappearance. You want to prepare your families for his appearance. Yourselves for his reappearance. Your communities for his reappearance. Your cities for his reappearance. Then I have a discussion with you tonight. You see brothers and sisters. God the Almighty. Go read the Christian scriptures. Go read the Jewish scriptures. Read the Islamic scriptures. The Abrahamic faiths unanimously agree that God sent 124,000 prophets to illuminate the lives of people. But what did people do with them? What did people do with Noah? How did they treat him? For a thousand years they mocked him. What about Moses? What about Jesus? What about his mother Mary? His mother Mary, according to the Holy Qur'an, every time they went into her chambers, they found heavenly food there. <speaking in Hebrew> oh Mary, where did you get this food from? مِنْ <speaking> عَنْدِ <in Hebrew> This food has been gifted to me by God the Almighty. When she came forth with Jesus, who did not have a father, who had a miraculous birth, Aluya anna Where did you come up with this child? Who is this child? Your father was a noble man, your mother, your father was a noble man, your mother is an honorable woman. What have you done? They accused her. What about Abraham? What about John the Baptist who was beheaded? And the same thing goes for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi sallam and his immaculate progeny. And Muslims and Christians both agree that this Messiah and the Saviour—he is very special. They believe that he is Jesus. We believe Jesus will reappear alongside has partner in this mission, al-Imam al-Mahdi, but they are special. So God says, this is my last individual. This is Imam al-Mahdi, the savior of this earth. I will not send him until this earth is ready to receive him. And thus, the inhabitants of this earth are ready to welcome him as a liberator, as a man who seeks justice, and the 72 companions who laid their lives for Imam al Hussein stood to change the course of history forever. One of their missions and accomplishments is that they made this universe more prepared to receive Imam al Mahdi. Because Imam al Mahdi. His mission is directly con- connected to the sacrifice of his grandfather, Imam Al-Hussein. And that is why on Fridays when we recite du'a al-Nudbah, we call on to him until we get to this very line that touches the heart of every mu'min and every mu'mina. And we say, أين الطالب بدم bi بكرب. We call upon the one who is meant to avenge the martyr of Karbala. And I'm going to make it very brief and simple, brothers and sisters, for us all tonight is a night of Azah. Three points. I'm only going to speak of three points that make us amongst true companions to Imam al-Mahdi what it means to prepare our communities, our cities, our families, and ourselves, and the world for the arrival of Imam al-Mahdi. And don't say that, no, well, who am I? I'm just a teenager. I have no resources. I don't have money. Nobody even knows who I am. I'm barely in high school. The vast traditions of speaking about who the companions of the Imam are say that they are the vast majority of them are young men and women. Some even say below the age 30. While we look at some of those young men and women and we undermine them and we judge them and we believe they may not be worthy. They will be the ones that join the camp of Imam al-Mahdi. So don't look at your age. Don't look at your resources. Don't say, well, I am a woman in this male-dominated religious institution. What can I offer? Traditions indicate that 50%, 55 members from the 313 are women. And this is not the army of Imam al-Mahdi. Those are his deputies, his representatives, the presidents, the envoys. 55 of them will be women. Where do you stand? The very first attribute, the very first quality of the companions is that they are true In their identity and commitment It's not just a lip service And Amir al muminin on many occasions He spoke of this He said And people Waldeenu la'iqun Ala al-sinatihim Yamiluna People, the vast majority of them, according to Amir al-Mu'mineen, religion and their devotion to God is a lip service. But when it comes to action, there's no action. And every time a wind blows, it takes them to the right. Another wind blows, it takes them to the left. And imam Amir Al-Mu'mineen in Nahj Al-Balagha has one of his most powerful sermons, even more powerful than Al-Khutbah shaq Amir Al-Mu'mineen in this sermon, he speaks to his companions, those who attribute themselves to him, those who stood in front of him and they said, you are our Imam. Amir al muminin speaks to them, and tonight I want to look at the sermon. I'm not here to say if any of you should feel that you are part of this criticism of Amir al Mu'mineen. InshaAllah, we are all above that. But I am here to speak of a sermon that we must all read. And remind ourselves of on a regular basis. Because this dunya fools us all. This dunya is after each and every one of us. al <laughs> takathur Look at the end of the month, how many bills you receive. Look at how we drive the cart out of Costco. It's filled, we can't even see in front of us. We're just accumulating bills and... Credit cards, and things at home, and things we don't need. and Until you visit the graveyards. But guess what? We don't visit graveyards here. Because in Islam, Islam teaches that the graveyard has to be in the midst of the city, in the middle of the city, in the downtown of the city. Just like in Najaf al-Ashraf. So every person that dies, you see the janazah in front of you every day. This was my neighbor, this was my cousin, this was my classmate. This person is younger than me. This person has more wealth than me, and they're taken to the graveyard. But here, no, we live far away from the graveyard. We don't see dead people. حَتَّىٰ زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرُ كَلَّا If you go, you will realize this is your end. There is no escape from death. Even if you don't agree that God exists, you cannot disagree that the end of every human being is death. And they're talking about how technology will get to a point where human beings from the year 2080 will live for 200 years. Okay, fine. After 200 years, we will still all die. And I don't see people so happy today for them to want to live 200 years. Teenagers are on antidepressants and anxiety pills. Why would they want to live for 200 years? We have to look at the quality of life. It doesn't matter how long you live. Look at the quality of the life that you live. So So, Amir al-Mu'mineen, salamullahi alayhi, he speaks in the last days of his life perhaps, last years of his life, as you will see. To those who attribute themselves to him. Without further ado, I'm going to read what Amir al-Mu'mineen has stated in Nahjul Balagha. He says to those individuals who he called upon many times, his troops, his followers, let us rise and defend ourselves. And they told him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, now it's hot. We can't go. Now I just purchased a home, I have a big loan. InshaAllah, after I'm done. Same thing. And then he called upon them. They said, now it's raining, it's cold, we can't go. Until Amir al muminin says, I have received news that the troops of Mu'awiyah have entered Al-Anbar. It's a province in Iraq. And they have sacked and killed my governor, Al-Hassan ibn Hassan al-Bakri. And then what happened? They have gone on to the homes of Muslim women and non-Muslim women but under the protection of the Muslims. Muslims, brothers and sisters, according to Imam Ali, are not supposed to create terror in the hearts of the non-Muslims. They're supposed to protect them. They're supposed to be the protection for them. So he says, and they have gone to them and they have taken away their jewelry from them. Then Imam Ali says, if a Muslim man hears this, a true Muslim man hears this, and he dies out of sorrow and sadness because of the news. I would not be surprised. Because it's a, it's a dark moment in our history. Then he says this Ya Ashba Har Rijal, You look like men, but you're no men. Ya Ashba Har Rijal, but you're no men. You dress like men, you look like men, but you're no men. Wahulum al you are children trapped into adult bodies of men. And you pamper yourselves. Allahu Akbar. You pamper yourselves as men that are supposed to go to the battlefield and rise to the occasion as a woman who is ready to go on her wedding. This is how you pamper yourself. You take care of yourself. But you don't rise to the... Okay, you're looking for comfort. As a woman seeks comfort and beauty and tranquility and happiness on the eve of her wedding. You don't tell a woman on the eve of her wedding, you go cook and clean and wash the dishes. No, she's taking time off to herself. Pampering herself. Amir al-Mumini says, this is the life that you are leading. Then he says... Those are powerful words, brothers and sisters. I want you to pay attention to them. If you don't hear them on a night like this, it would be a loss. The majlis has failed if we don't get to remind ourselves from the with the words of the commander of the faithful, the one who we attribute ourselves to him. He says, Lawadetu <laughs> enni lam arakum walam al I wish I never knew you and you never knew me. Allahu Akbar. For a moment, close your eyes, ask yourself, what will the imam of my time tell me that I wish I never knew you I never got to know you and you never got to know me. And then he says, a relationship that has led to disgrace, a relationship that has led to failure, a relationship full of agony, a relationship full of regret. Then what does he say? لَقَدْ مَلَأْتُمْ قَلْبِي you have filled my heart with agony. وَشَحَنْتُمْ صَدْرِيَ غَيْظًا And you have filled my heart with pain. وَجَرَّعْتُمُونِي أَنفَاسًا And you make me sigh from my chest every moment that I am amongst you. وَأَفْسَدْتُمْ عَلَيَّ رَأيي. And you did not follow my commands. And you disobeyed me. Waaf Satum Alay Ya Rai bil Asian. and you let me down. Hatta Lakadgalat Quraysh until Quraysh has now come out and said In Nabna Abi Talib Rajulun Shuja Ali Ibn Abi Talib is a brave man, he's a warrior. وَلَكِنْ لَا عِلْمَ لَهُ بِالْحَرْبِ But he has no experience to lead. He's not a good leader. That's why he's failing. لِلَّهِ أَبُوهُمْ وَهَلْ أَحَدَ مِنْهُمْ أَشَدُ لَهَا وَأَقْدَمُ فِيهَا مَقَامًا مِنِّي Do they not know that I became a commander at an early age? And I was given the leadership position by the seal of the messengers to lead the Muslims. And they're saying that I don't have experience. وَقَدْ فيها And I have been leading as a commander. وَمَا بَلَغْتُ العشرين Prior to the age 20. قَدْ ضَرَفْتُ عَلَى السَّتِينَ And, I am, and now I am 60. وَلَكِنْ لَا رَأْيَ لِمَنْ However, what can a leader do that is not obeyed? You want to read Masa'ib? This is our Masa'ib. Brothers, sisters, tonight is a new beginning. The past is the past. However we were in the past, we all have shortcomings. Tonight is the night where you pay a fresh allegiance. A fresh bay'ah, a true bay'ah to your imam. So that those words by his grandfather will not be heard by not our ears, but we feel them in our hearts. And I tell you, Today, the followers of Ahlul Bayt have made the entire world proud. I'm not here to shame you and tell you you have not done enough. No, that is not what I'm telling you. Today, millions upon millions of people on a night like this in every remote village of the world, and every language, every ethnicity, every culture, have gathered to mourn Imam Hussein. And to let the world know who Imam al hussein was. And when you go to the Arba'een march, you find 20 million people, they are all fed because of your generosity, your devotion. However, this is not enough. Amir al-Mu'mineen says, the first quality is that we are not just talk, we are talk and action. When we say that we attribute ourselves to Amir al muminin we attribute ourselves in all of our qualities. In every aspect of our life. Number two, brave and resilient. As the second quality of the companions of Imam al hussein the 72 and the companions of Imam al-Mahdi. Some people believe brave and resilient means that, for example, when ISIS attacked Iraq, many millions of youth, they took their arms and they fought ISIS and they defended the shrines and they kicked out the enemy from the land of the Ahlul Bayt. Yes, that is bravery. That is absolute bravery. But if there is no such a thing, then I don't need to be brave. No. Bravery is a trait of every follower of Ahlul Bayt. What do I mean? Let me give you a different example of bravery. If you allow me. Imam Al-Hussein, as he was marching towards Karbala, he would stay stay and rest. In different rest areas, different villages. He would speak to people. One time, he went to a village and the person was a Muslim. He realized that this is Imam Al Hussein, the grandson of Rasulullah. So he told him, Ya Ibn Rasulullah, we have a whale and doesn't have too much water. Maybe you can come and bless this whale. So Imam Al Hussein went, he blessed the whale. There was more water there. Then Imam Al Hussein says to him, would you like to join us? This person says we want your barakah so that we have more water in the village. Imam Al-Hussain now says, Would you like to aid us? Would you like to join us? He says to him, Ya Ba Abdullah, not only I will not join you, I'm telling you, you shouldn't go to Kufa. You stay here in this village. Look how people love you. Especially now after you have more water in the well. Look at them. They all love you. I am telling you don't go. He arrived to a village. And in that village there was a man by the name of Ubaidullah ibn al-Hur. Go read his biography. He was a warrior, he was a brave man. And he was the head of his tribe and he had a lot of wealth. He had a lot of influence. Imam al-Hussein sent an envoy to him go tell Abdullah ibn al hur that Imam al-Hussein wants to meet with you this envoy he went to Ubaydullah ibn al hur he says to him Imam al-Hussein is here at this village he wants to meet with you he has a message with you for you and Ubaydullah was a man who attributed himself to the Ahl bayt he called himself a Shia He was from Kufa. Ubaidullah ibn al-Hur al-Kufi. Al-Juhfi al-Kufi. He says to him, I left Kufa so I don't see Hussein. Now he's here, he wants to see me. Tell him I can't, I'm sorry. I know what he wants. I know where he's headed. I don't want to be part of that. Business is good. Those are his exact words. Now I have a business. My business is growing. I have a family. I have a tribe. I want to live. I know where Hussein is going. So the ambassador goes to Imam Al Hussein and he says to him, This man, Ubaidullah ibn al Hur, he doesn't want to meet with you. Imam Al Hussein says, Fair enough. I will go to him. Imam Al Hussein, with his family alongside, Abul al abbas alongside Ali al-Akbar, alongside Bani Hashim, he went and he arrived at the to- tents of Ubaidullah ibn al-Hur. Ubaidullah says, I saw Imam al Hussein walking towards my tent as if Rasulullah was coming to me. His walk resembled Rasulullah, his gesture resembled Rasulullah. Bani Hashem around him, all faces full of noor and iman. Imam al-Husayn arrived to my tent. He told me, Ya Ubaidullah, can I enter? I said to him, of course. You're the grandson of Rasulullah. How can I say no to you? Imam al Hussein says, Ya Ubaidullah, do you have sins? He says, yes, I do. Would you like to erase them? Would you like Jannah? Would you like to be in Jannah with the shuhada and the Sadiqeen and the anbiya? Yes, of course I do, ya Ibn amir al-muminin, ya rasulullah. Would you like to see my father in the first night of your grave? Would you like to shake the hand of my grandfather rasulullah And the day of, day of qiyamah on hawd al-kawthar? Of course I do. Then I have an offer for you, ya ubaidullah Join my camp. This is my offer for you. He put his head down. He said to him, Ya Ibn Rasulullah, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm too attached to this world. I want to live a good life. But guess what? I have a horse, the best horse in the Arabian Peninsula. The horse of a true warrior. I would like to gift this horse to you. You take this horse. Use it in the 10th of Muharram. Imam al Hussein says to him, Ya Ubaidullah, I came to save your soul. I came to offer you Jannah. I came to offer you Jannah and for you to be quenched by Rasulullah. And you offer me a horse? We don't need your horse. And Imam al Hussein left. Ubaidullah ibn al Hur says, Every night I could not sleep. I would see the face of Imam al Hussein. I would wake up. I, I couldn't live a life anymore. I lived every moment of my life in regret until one day he was doing business and traveling. Someone came and told him, Ya Ubaidullah, aren't you a follower of Hussein, a lover of Hussein? He says, Yes. He says, Today I saw the head of Hussein on top of a spear going from one village to another. He says, really? He says, yes. He ran, he saw the face of Imam al-Husayn on top of a spear and the wind was blowing onto the beard of Imam al-Husayn. Yes, they say that he joined the camps and the ranks of those who avenged Imam al-Husayn. But there is no regret above when Imam al-Husayn comes and tells you and me and the offer that he gave to Ubaidullah ibn al hur it stays and stands until today join my ranks ala and every day we wake up and we should tell him labbaik ya hussein not that we fail him some of us are not even willing to do that for imam al mahdi we say to him allahumma kun li al hujjat ibn al hasan but some of his dues are in our pockets. Brothers, sisters, this khums does not belong to you. Purify your life, your family's life, your children's life. If you have not paid the dues of Imam al-Mahdi, there will be a day that you will be ashamed to look him in the eye. Khums is haqq wa haqq Teach your children from an early age to do this. This is not my money. It's not your money. It belongs to the Imam. We cannot say we are your followers. We love you. We want you to come back. But your dues are still in my pocket. I pay my taxes. I pay subscriptions for Amazon Prime. I pay subscriptions for Costco. But when it comes to the money of Imam al-Mahdi, In my pocket, I'm not willing to depart from that. And some of us, it's not just money. Allah has blessed you with influence, with a name. Use it. Use it to prepare this world for the arrival of your imam. One day, they went to Sayyid Mahdi Bahra Al-Uloom. Many of you have heard his stories. He had the honor of meeting Imam Al-Mahdi. And he had a grand salah jama'ah. One day in the middle of Salat al-Jama'ah, they saw that he has a basket. And he got up and he said, people, give money in this basket. They said to him, oh, God, don't do this, please. How much do you need? We give you. You don't have to do this. He said, no, I will. He went in every line and people dropped money there. Then he said to them, do you know why I did this? He said, no. He said, because some kids came to me. And they say, we want to do a majlis for Imam al-Hussein. When we go to people, they don't give us. They say, get out of here, your kids. And I wanted to serve Imam al-Hussein with my dignity. He was a marja. But I am willing to sacrifice my dignity for the sake of Imam al-Hussein. My honor for the sake of Imam al-Hussein. Today, I see some people, they have no mention of Imam Al Hussein. He calls himself Shia. She calls herself Shia. It is the 9th and the 10th of Muharram. There is no mention of Imam Al Hussein. And you tell them why? Oh, I'm going to lose followers on Instagram. They're going to judge me. All the 200 followers that you have, or the t- fake blue tick, it is time that you tell the world of Imam Al Hussein. If God has, inf- has given you influence, use it for the sake of Imam Al Hussein. If, he- if you can't give, but you know people listen to you, then it is your duty. Don't have shortcomings with Imam Al Hussein. And third, quality to be a companion, a companion, not a follower of Imam Al Mahdi, brothers and sisters. I will read to you from the letter of Imam al Mahdi to Shaykh al Mufid. Imam al Mahdi, he writes a letter to Shaykh al Mufid. What does he say in this letter? Part of this letter I'm going to read to you. And insha'Allah, we will go towards the Masa'ib. And if they are Meisner, he's speaking of his Shia. And if they are Meisner, منهم, from amongst them bima a'arahu Allahu min ni'mah from the ni'mah that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has given them alaman amarahu bi silati from those who they must pay their dues to meaning the ahl bayt the dues of the ahl al-bayt fa innahu yakunu khasiran bidhalik awwalahu he will he will be a loser in the dunya and in the akhirah this is the letter of Imam al-Mahdi to a shaykh al-Mufid. And then what does he say? So the blessings of Allah, you go and count your blessings. What are the blessings of Allah upon you? You have to make sure that ble- those blessings are being used and utilized for the sake of Allah and the Ahlul Bayt. وَلَوْ أَنَّ and if our Shia waffaqahumullahu li ta'atih, may Allah bless them to seek his pleasure. This is the words of Imam al-Mahdi. A letter, a letter written by Imam al-Mahdi. By the hands of Imam al-Mahdi. Ala min al fil alayhim. If they gather their hearts together and this, not disunite... So the third quality is that you strive for unity amongst the followers of Ahl al-Bayt, according to the Imam. What does he say? If you bring your hearts closer together in harmony, you create a bond amongst yourselves in harmony. What happens? For them to be able to meet us will not be delayed any further. Now do you know why this process has been delayed? Now do you know your duty? And then he says, وَلَتَعَجَّلَتْ لَهُمُ السَّعَادَةُ بِمُشَاهَدَتِنَا And soon they will meet us. Soon they will witness us. And in the ziyarah you read, إِنِّي سِلْمٌ لِمَنْ salamakum. I am at peace. With those who are at peace with you, brothers and sisters, the camp of Imam al-Mahdi, the the followers of Imam al-Mahdi, are—it's a diverse group. He is here to give salvation to every person who has seen hardship on the face of the earth. All humanity will receive salvation at the time of Imam al-Mahdi. Not just Pakistani Shia. Not just Iraqi Shia. Not just Iranian Shia. Not only this particular type of Shia who follow this particular tradition and do matam in this particular way. Imam al-Mahdi is for all of us. For all of humanity. And Imam al-Mahdi's camp will be as diverse as the camp of his grandfather, Imam al Hussein. And if we want to bring that reform and make the world ready for Imam al-Mahdi's appearance, then this is the way. It is to bring that diversity and awareness within all of the people. And tonight we tell him that, Ya Abna Rasulullah. We all see that red flag on the dome of your grandfather Imam Al Hussein. What does that red flag mean? That red flag means that this person was not avenged. That this person died as a mazloom. And he comes and he stands in front of the grave of his grandfather Al Imam Al Hussein. And he says to him, "Assalamu alayka ya Jada. Assalamu ala al-Mu'izzul al-Qatil al-Shahid bi Karbala." Then Imam al-Mahdi says to him, Wa alayka ya waladi, ma It took you very long. <laughs> then Imam al-Mahdi, brothers and sisters, according to the traditions, he goes to the grave of Imam al-Husain. He takes out a small khirqa It is stained with blood, this cloth. There is something inside it, and there is blood on it. He raises this khirqa He raises this cloth. He says, "Oh people of humanity, of my grandfather had a crime. Of Hussein had a crime. What was the crime of this six-month-year-old child? Allahu akbar." Yes, Imam al-Hussein will connect us to the tragedies of Ashura.